The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how fast you're going? What? How fast you're going? I don't know. Ten? Eight. Be advised, this is an explicit podcast. If you're easily offended, get your panties twisted into a knot. Leave now. Running your safe space. Get your little cloth for your tears. All the opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and his guest and do not reflect the opinions of any local or government agency. Welcome to Motor Cop Chronicles Podcast. Host as always, the Iceman. Hope everybody had a, a good week. Uh, this will be released on Sunday. We're releasing, we're recording on a uh, Friday afternoon. Uh, and Duke the dog has got me upset because he, I walked him and we come inside and I was in here working on something and walk out there to bring the guest in and he's going to shit on the floor. So that's something else I got to clean up, bastard. But I guess it's the perks of having Duke the dog. Let's get the uh, housekeeping out the way as normal. We're going to. Shout out our uh, clubhouse members, of course, and Patreon. We got Mr. Hoppy Hopson. Uh, Hopson, I always do that. Uh, I don't know if he's dry out driving or not. We have uh, Christopher Demars. We have Mr. Z Palmer. We have the one and only Laura Stimson. We got Roy Spalding, not Roy P. Roy Spalding. We have favorite girl from Australia, JoJo. We have Kaylee Norris. We have Natasha A., our friend from up in Washington State, and our first Patreon clubhouse member, Miss Melissa Holstein. We appreciate all of y'all. Appreciate all the other ones also. Uh, help me uh, pay some of the bills around here to keep the podcast going. Y'all go like and subscribe. Uh, if you're on Apple, Write a review. We had one in a while. Uh, write a five-star review. I'll shout it out on here. Uh, follow on Facebook, YouTube. So when we do live shows, hit the little notification bell so you'll be alerted when we go live. Uh, I usually say, you can go find me on TikTok. They got me pissed off if you listen to the past episode. But uh, it's at, at DirtyD07 if you want to follow on TikTok. I go live on there. Well, sometimes. I don't know if I will. Much since we've been having issues with them. If you'd like some Motor Cop merchandise, and there's Duke the Dog. If you'd like some mer- Motor Cop merchandise, go to Etsy. Motor Cop Chronicles Podcast on Etsy. I have uh, t-shirts. I'm going to put some other stuff up there soon. Uh, if you want to support the show that way. And uh, they're dirt cheap. Cheap as you can get them. 
if you enjoy a great cigar and like to support uh, small businesses, U.S. entrepreneurs, go to MyPatriotCigar.com. MyPatriotCigar.com. Use my promo code, MotorCop15, and you will get 15% off your entire order. If you order $100 or more, you will get free shipping. Uh, Alan, they was a... They ship out very fast. Uh, like, I got mine, I think, two days after I ordered them. Like I said, great cigars, United States company. So, even if you don't smoke cigars, get some for some friends for Christmas presents and stuff coming up. It's like a good Christmas present to me. You don't have to spend no money on this. We got the private Facebook page, The Clubhouse. That is the and then club and house, all separate words. You can find it that way. It's a private Facebook page. Go on there, answer three simple questions. If they're correct, I will let you in. You know, you can be an active member of the clubhouse that way. And, uh, you know, we go back and forth in there pretty good also. So without further ado, we do have a guest. Her, uh, it's a her. She is not law enforcement, but she has been married to a cop for a, a long time. Uh, we're going to call her Mama Bear. And we're just going to, in this episode, it's going to be a little different. We're going to talk about how it is being married to a cop, like married to the badge, married into this profession. Because I believe that when the spouses are neck deep in this shit as much as we are. So uh, let's get her on. Welcome to the show, Mama Bear. Thank you for having me. She was a little worried at first that uh, we were going to be live. <laughs> I said, no, I don't do that to, to people. But um, so how long have you been married? We've been married almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. She must be a good woman or he's just, you know, easy to get along with. No. On which, which one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Marriage takes work. It's a lot of work. Yeah, y'all have, I think y'all have like, what, 12 children you said? Four. Four children. Uh, Four. I, I'm just a little bit off. Just a little. <laughs> and how, the youngest one, what, like 10, 8? Six. Six. Yeah. Well, Lord help y'all. Uh, my, my youngest is 28. So, so. Do you want a six-year-old? No, no. Are you I, sure? Yeah, you know, I've known y'all a long time, and I'm around functions and stuff, and I've, I've met the six-year-old. And, uh, <laughs> you can't, it's hard to pawn off a child that some other people has have observed. Touche. I mean, the last time I was around, I believe there was a, a little tiff going on over a chair. Yes. And that was with the teenager <laughs> and the six-year-old. Yes. Over, over a chair. And, uh, he was being pretty stubborn about that. I even tried to bribe him to get out of the chair with one of those little, uh, finger Fit widget things. Uh, so my main thing is what I want to talk about is, of course, uh, how long has your husband been a cop? Now he's been a cop. I've known him a long time, so he's been a cop a long time. Twelve years. Twelve years, and so he's been with the same department. So how, let's just get into how, how was it at first when he decided to be a cop? What did you think of it then? I did not like it. It was very hard. It was a very hard transition for our family. Just the hours were a lot to get used to. 
he was working night shift. He was working nights, yes. They they do they do twelves. How long was he on nights? Two years. That's why well, that's not too bad. They've got people that done way more than two years. Then he transitioned to days. He went. He started on the road or reserve. He started the reserve for two years, so he was working his regular job during the day and then doing the reserve at night. And then after two years, he went full time with the department. You know, he's. We're not going to say what, but he's in specialized division now. Finally, uh, but I know it took him a while to get there. So. The reason you didn't want him to go into it at first was it just because the the hours or him working nights or it was part of the danger or, or what? I don't really remember. I mean, it was it was a change, and I knew he was unhappy with what he was doing, so I was going to support him no matter what he did. It's a lot of we had young children at the time, and I wasn't totally on board with the dangers associated with the job. Yeah, well, it could definitely be uh, dangerous. Just, yeah. You're just staring at me. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm sure there's been a lot of, like, birthday parties, Christmases, a lot of holidays missed because he was working or he was sleeping. There is. Uh, we tend to be very non-traditional, so we plan everything. I learned to plan everything around his schedule. So we do Thanksgiving. We do Thanksgiving before or after. Same with Christmas. We'll celebrate the weekend before, the weekend after, days before, days after. In all birthdays, we planned any parties around his schedule. That way, he was always there for um, events. Well, that's good that y'all could work around it like that. Yeah, we even came up with a backstory that for Christmas um, with Santa Claus, because when we would do Christmas before Christmas, we told the kids that their daddy had to deal with Santa, and because he was a cop, he would shoot anybody that comes in his house. <laughs> so we had to deal with Santa that we would take care of our family, and Santa didn't have to come to our house. Uh, we would take care of it. Okay. So that's what we've been telling them for all these years now, and that's what's passed on to the now six-year-old, is he believes that if Santa comes to our house, his daddy would shoot him, so he doesn't come to our house. Well, that's good. And Duke is making a noise once again. And he actually has a, a decent, well, I say decent. The, the job he's in now uh, requires him to work quite a few weekends during the summer month, don't it? It does, uh, It, but it's better than being uniform patrol. Uh, I mean, we have a lot more peace in our house uh, because there's less stress there, there's less stress with his job so there's less stress coming into the house so things are a lot calmer and safer with him being in the division he's in yeah well i'm sure it is probably less paperwork also yes a lot less phone calls well <laughs> i know when i was uh, a sergeant before my phone was ringing all the time yeah, that was something I had to get used to was just because the shift was over and he was home, that didn't mean that he was actually done for the day. There was always the phone calls about calls that occurred, whether it was to other people he worked with or higher-ups that he had to get in touch with, and it was the never-ending phone calls that took a lot to get used to. Yeah, especially when you get, you know, people calling, bitching about you and stuff. Yep, he had his share of those. <laughs> so, uh... Other than that, I mean, what about some of the, the pressures of it? I, I know I know other uh, 
Kyle, I want to kind of talk about uh, everybody out there, in like especially in news media and stuff like that, and everybody's heard me touch on it. So, is that uh, you know this the thin blue line thing and all this stuff like that? Of course, I use backgrounds with it. I got you know all that stuff, but uh, you know everybody thinks it's it's, it's unbreakable thin blue line, which is so not true. Uh, especially well, back in the day, it used to be a whole lot stronger. It's got a whole bunch of holes in it, right? <laughs> so, because uh, people don't understand that, uh, you know, cops will, I mean, now, especially nowadays, they got cops out there that will stab each other in the back in a heartbeat. And if you're not, let me explain, I don't want to put it in a nice way, because uh, I'm not trying to dog out anybody at all, but people have this perception of it. And uh, basically, in some departments are way worse than others now, but I believe in all departments there's a certain amount of it's almost like being back in high school. You have your popular kids, yes, and then you just have everybody else. And if you're not in the popular group, you're just everybody else. While you see all the popular kids get all the good assignments, get reassigned, get promotions, get this and get that, and here you are, no matter how much you bust your ass or do a good job. And you just get kind of stuck because you're not a popular kid. I have to agree with that, that it really is. I don't think it means what it did, but I think that plays into how the society is as a general now. It used to be everybody had everybody's back, no matter what. You grew up, you worked together. You know, the expression, it takes a village. Everybody had to work together. Now everybody's out for themselves almost. So I'm going to agree that there are a lot of holes in it. It's not the solid thin blue line. No. There, there is. It is a very clicky, but you find that in all organizations and trades and jobs around the world is the whole clicky thing. Yeah. You, I don't care where you, you could go work at McDonald's and I'm going to. I'm not dogging anybody that works at McDonald's. It's a, it's a greasy job. You know, somebody's got to do it. But I'm just saying, you could have certain managers at McDonald's that have their favorite crew people, their yep. employees, and the other ones are going to get the shit job. Yep. You're like, oh, you know, let's, like, I don't know, let's say, you know, somebody comes in and, you know, doing fries is better than doing burgers. I don't know. But I'm just saying, so they're going to give the the fry job to their, the ones they like. And give the burger job to the ones that they could care less about. Pretty much. You got any uh, funny stories that he's come uh, home with from him being on the job? Um, the, he had one where he was dispatched to a call because the neighbor's duck kept coming in their front yard and they were scared. So they needed the cops out there to make the neighbor keep the duck in their own yard because they were scared of the duck. What kind of duck was it? I have no idea. Was it one of them white ducks? I, I don't know. Was it one of them ducks with the red stuff on its face? He just came <laughs> home and told me, you won't believe what I did today. So did he write the duck a summons? He, well, he probably should have because it was roaming around like, you know, ducks do. <laughs> they were scared of, the, I mean, it might have been a vicious duck. I doubt that. I've seen some mean ducks before. Them ducks with the red stuff on their face, they can, you know... Geese are vicious. Ducks are not. Geese are geese can be very mean. Geese are assholes. I was out feeding uh, 
some Canadian geese, uh, one of these new subdivisions around here, this was years ago, and they had like flocked in or something. I mean, there was like like herds of mm-hmm. them out there, and I was out there feeding them bread, and uh, I ran out of bread. And they attacked you, didn't they? And they were not happy that I was out of bread, and they started hissing at me. I ran back in the house before I died from, uh-huh. you know, I could just see me, you know, being killed by a flock of geese, Canadian geese. And I thought Canadians were supposed to be, like, really, really They are. They're nice geese people. or not. <laughs> geese are assholes. Yes. So, but he had a duck. That was that, well, that call was just totally ducked up there, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was bad as that dog raping complaint I had a long time ago. But uh, he, uh, I know your husband stays fairly busy. He stays very busy. Yeah, because I didn't know he had a detail tonight. I was like, where's your husband? She's like, yes. he's working. He's got to go make some money because I like to spend it. Yes. <laughs> hunting season's coming up, and he, he's got to, you know, get his hunting license and all the stuff associated with that. So he's got to work a little extra to have that uh, money. Uh, did he kill anything last year? Time. Time. So I never understood the people like, oh, because I don't deer hunt. Uh, I don't even hunt at all anymore. I used to hunt, but, but I don't. It was like it's like no, I'll eat the deer, <laughs> but I do. I'm not as long as I can, which that might change under our administration. But as long as I can go to the store and buy meat, I'm not going to go hide in a tree and freeze my balls <laughs> off to to wait to try to shoot a deer where I've been putting corn out for it. <laughs> Come mm-hmm. on now. You know, to each their own. I mean, I mean, I'll eat the deer. I love me some deer meat, especially some backstrap, but. You know, I used to go out and shoot tree rats all the time. We like to squirrel hunt. My 10-year-old loves squirrel hunting. So how, you, do y'all barbecue the squirrel or you just make a squirrel soup? It depends on what we feel like. I can do a squirrel stew. We can grill it. You can fry it. You can do almost anything you with almost, squirrel. You must sound like Forrest Gump there. Oh, sorry. We got, we got, we got squirrel pizza. We got squirrel stew. You could have squirrel sandwiches. You could have squirrel on a stick. They call that chicken on stick in the Chinese restaurant. <laughs> uh, you could have uh, pineapples and squirrel, fried squirrel, boiled squirrel. <laughs> you could leave the heads on it, too. You could, but that's just warped. Uh, I went to a, uh, made me think of uh, way back when I, uh, I was working out of state for a while, and I was staying this guy I was staying with. They were uh, island people. Not sure which island it was. It wasn't Hawaii, uh, but it was some island people. Big, the big guys, like, like I don't know if they were Samoans or what, but I don't, I don't know. They were, they were a big guy. But anyway, he took me, you know, I didn't know anybody where we were out of state. And uh, he took me to one of their functions, and uh, they had made a, a big uh, stew, fish, some kind of fish stew. I mean, I'm from Louisiana. We eat about anything down here, and uh, but I had never eaten that before. <laughs> and I, I, I ate. The, I just didn't eat part of it because I, I could do. Did it have the eyeballs in it? It had fish heads in it. Yeah. It was a fish head soup, and when I scooped up in there and pulled it up, it was it had fish heads in it, and it still had eyeballs and stuff. And I, I, I just kind of like didn't 
make sure none of the fish heads got in my food. I mean, it had good flavor, but I just could not see myself gnawing on a, you know, damn, that was a good eyeball. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass on eyeballs. I'll try almost anything I'm passing on yeah, eyeballs. I mean, I, I ate the, the head soup, the juice. I just didn't eat any of the, <laughs> I left the fish heads alone. I mean, I've eaten sardines and stuff that had heads, but these were like, like, these were full-grown fish. We're like, it was like looking at me. Mm-mm. Like, no, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I couldn't do it either. So, I can understand not wanting to eat squirrel heads, squirrel brains or something like that. Yeah, I'll pass on that. There's people that eat them, but we don't. Well, cats love squirrel brains. I know. Cats so, like almost anything. <laughs> so, this one's a little bit different for me. I'm not used to doing spouses, okay? Uh, so, you people out there listening got to bear with me. Well, I can talk a little bit about the things that a wife had to has to learn that the cop doesn't always think about and should give the spouse a little bit of grace. That sounds fantastic. You just go right ahead. So one of the things I had to learn is when you're walking in public, there is a correct way to walk and an incorrect way to walk. You don't ever think about it. Now it becomes habit, but in the beginning you have to learn you always walk on the non-gun side. If he carries his gun on the right side, you walk on the left. If he's left-handed, you walk on the right. And you learn whenever you're out in the public, if you want to hold hands, you hold the non-gun hand. It's just something that, as a spouse, we had to learn to do. When you go out to a restaurant, anytime you go anywhere where there's seating, my kids had to learn when we go in, dad always sits down first. Because cops always have to sit in their particular spot where they can see. I see you shaking your head. Well, they got to see still the door. Get, I still, you know, my stepdaughter, she's she's like, I might get up. I'm like, nope, I'm sitting there. She's like, well, I like we got to go through this again. Just just move. Yeah, my, my <laughs> kids have learned whenever people will look at us funny. But when we go in someplace, everybody waits until, you know, he takes his seat. And then we sit wherever we feel like it. But that's some of the things that I had to learn was that I never get to sit looking at the door anymore. If I'm out with him, I can never look at the door. Uh, my back is always to it. You know, and it, it's adjusting your life around the cop to make the cop's life easier. So keeping any drama, any family stuff that's going on to a minimum because you never know what they're dealing with out on the road. So when you walk in the door and it's like, verbal spewage coming at you that's because we've kept it in all day until we know you made it home safe what about like i said when he comes home you kind of tell he had a bad day but he don't want to talk about it always and that's when the kids even know you just give him a space and just take the cues from him if he wants to talk he'll talk if not if he wants to stay hold up in the room you let him stay hold up in the room he never come home smelling like a like a dead body or nothing has um when he has those calls, he will call and give me the heads up and say, hey, have the trash bag ready. <laughs> and he'll strip under the carport into the trash bag and he'll go get in the shower and I'll go ahead and start the laundry of whatever he's got on his his clothes that day. I've I've had to burn some uh, clothes before. It's not, it's not nice. We haven't burned any. Uh, I've learned there's several sanitizers out there that will even fight against the AIDS virus. So that's, I wash thoroughly. She's got to hate it when, you know, your husband brings AIDS home. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was not a good day. <laughs> Thank you, Abby. I just brought a little bit of, huh? Yeah, that was, that was not a good day because that was one day he had to go hands-on and then found out after the fact that the, the suspect had active HIV. So that was not a pleasant. No, no. Come home and was quite pissed. No, it's it's not nice when that stuff happened. Uh, I had somebody one time, like, you know, after I put my hands on them and stuff, you know, and arrested them, I had to put them on the car, and they were like, I have AIDS. Well, of course, I played the tough guy in the part. I said, and? <laughs> after they left, I was like, fuck, I was checking myself for scratches and all that shit like that, but... uh I was good to go. Yeah, there was a Valentine's Day um, probably about six years ago now because it was before the baby was born. And I, for the first time, I bought him a Valentine's Day gift. And it was a pot and a pair of tongs because he had called me and said he had had to wrestle a woman. And when he was um, detaining her, she pissed all over herself. And then he had to put her in the unit because she refused to cooperate. And so then he had to clean the unit and he had her piss all over himself with his handcuffs and his shackles. So he had to boil them and sanitize them. So I went and bought him his own little special pot and pair of tongs that now live in our cabinet. That is daddy's (laughs) pot that everybody knows. That's what daddy uses to boil handcuffs and shackles with. Yeah, don't mess with your daddy's pot. (laughs) No. (laughs) Just... uh... That's your dad's pot. Leave it alone. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've come home and say you, you just do really do have to mess with some uh, nasty ass people out there sometimes. Yes, you do. Anything else you can think of? Like I said, like I said, this was a different one for me. So no, it's just we have to deal as the spouse not only with what the cop deals with because it comes home with them whether you intend it to or not if they dealt with let's say the death of a child and they have children that follows them home that affects them but we also have to deal with when we hear what family and friends have to say about cops or social media or what's in the news and when you hear all this negativity knowing that you're watching your loved one walk out the door into this all this hatred, not knowing whether or not they're going to come home. So it's it's a very hard thing to live with. What about, uh, it took my wife the longest time to get used to it because we'd be out places, especially if she liked the salad and I was out working and uh, she met me for lunch and places like that. And um, you're in full uniform. And she's like, why is everybody staring? It's like it took a while just to get her to get used to it where you know i'm like because i I would get to the point where i know people are staring at me but uh but we really don't notice it you know we notice it we feel it it bothers us and yes it takes a very long time to get used to that and then also the constant interruptions of people that want to come up and just ask a quick question yeah oh the the i hate to bother you i hate to bother you but but Yes, yes. I, I, honestly, after 12 years, I don't know that I'm used to that yet. It still annoys me. Yeah, I love that. There, cause I hate to bother you, but it's like, well, if you hate to bother me so bad, then why are you doing it? Or I like the ones like, 
Well, can I ask you a question? Sure. Would you like to ask me another one? Because that was one you just asked me right there. <laughs> so would you like to ask me two questions? Oh, my goodness. So it's like, uh, yeah, go ahead. And they'll start asking some. Or they're like, my, uh, my baby mama's daddy's uncle's cousin had this problem seven parishes away. Can you do anything to help me? Oh, I love when people come up and you'll be like eating or something. Do you know what happened over the weekend? Uh, nope. I don't uh, have no clue what happened over the weekend. Because uh, now I will say, as a rookie cop, uh, several people will. Uh, rookie, when I was a rookie, I used to do it. Your husband might have done it. Uh, I'd have my radio on. I was always listening, always listening. Hell, as soon as I hit that mic saying I'm off duty, well, when I get home, as soon as I go home, my radio goes off, and I'm going to turn it on again until it is time for me to leave. So, the next to go back to work. No, when his shift was over, when he finally made it home, that was it. The radio went off. He only knew what was going on as if his phone started blowing up. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, I just no. It's, so he don't. Uh, I'm sure he don't listen to stuff like that anymore. For it, right? Um, um probably not. He, he does his job. He worries about his job and leaves the rest to the rest of the department. What else can we talk about? I don't want to cut it short. Uh, how have you kids taken? Has he ever, like, had to call? He, I, I hope to God I wouldn't think he did, but he's never had to call you from the uh, hospital or nothing, has he? He has, actually. He was involved in an incident, and he called me, and I answered the phone, and I said, hello. He said, hey, don't freak out. So immediately I start freaking out, and he's like, don't freak out. Uh, I need you to meet me at the hospital. There was an incident. Uh, so I, I did. I actually beat them to the hospital because I was closer than they were. So Do you go by boo-boo bus or did he just... Uh... No, uh, another deputy drove him in. Okay, so it wasn't... No, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. He did end up spending several days in the hospital. And that was... I have some amazing neighbors and support staff, which is for any cops out there, your spouse needs a support system. It's very important that she has and you have a support group around you that so when things happen, the incidentals happen, she has someone that she can rely on and you have someone you can rely on that will help and step in because I spent the time with him at the hospital and my kids were completely taken care of. Well, that's good. Having good neighbors is also very nice because uh, I've lived places where I don't get along with my neighbors. Because, well, first of all, well, I don't even know my neighbors on one side of me now since they put a trailer park in. They could be nice or not. I don't know. Well, our family's not really close to where we live, so having good neighbors helped. I keep thinking of the, what is that, State Farm commercial? Like a good neighbor. neighbor state form is there. <laughs> yeah, that's all that kept going through my head at that point. 
So now, what you said? He's got what? Twelve years. Twelve years. Vest in that stuff. So I'm assuming he's going to try to retire from this profession. I hope so. And like I said, I got three left. I'll be glad to get out. Yes, like I said, I, I didn't know. When she said about like, well, where's your husband? And it's like he picked up a detail. Like I said, he had to make that money. And uh, so, how how would you rate being uh, uh, being married to the badge? It sucks. <laughs> so all these these badge bunnies and these TikTok women out there, it's like, oh, I want me a cop. I want me a cop. They want to fuck a cop. That's all they want. <laughs> they don't want a relationship. <laughs> Um, Craig was in full time with the sheriff's office, maybe six months, and a friend of mine who is uh, married to a cop, uh, she had been married to her husband for quite a few years and had more experience being a cop's wife. And she's like, you know, it'll be okay. It's just going to take time. And my, I can vividly recall looking at her and going, I finally understand why cops have an 89% divorce rate. I get it now. Because it's very hard being married to the badge. Yeah, because, like I said, as a spouse, you know, you got to deal with it, too. And, unfortunately, I don't know why. I mean, like I said in a past episode, I was not the, in my younger days, I was not the best person to be married to. You know, uh, there's a lot of temptation out there. And uh, some of these, I don't know why some women are just, they will throw themselves at a man in uniform. And yep. It's like you... I've learned through mistakes and, you know, hurting people and stuff like that, that you just, you know, just got to make good decisions. When I, I think I said it before. They say the grass is always greener on the, the grass is not greener on the side of the fence. The grass is greener on top of the septic tank where all the shit's at. Nope. Don't eat that grass. It's shitty grass. Uh, <laughs> you know, like I said before, people need to uh, think about, uh, you know, not just yourself. You got to think about that spouse at home and everything else. I think a lot of the issue is is you being a cop, and I'm not making excuses for it whatsoever because it's not right. But uh, I think what brings some of it on was uh, you spend so much time away from home. Because uh, especially if you if you're working nights, uh, which I did for the longest time, uh, when you're working nights and if you're married and so you're you're working all night and you're sleeping most of the day, and basically when you're leaving for work, your wife may just be getting home, vice versa. So basically, you might see her every other weekend, and then you're still once you're on that schedule. I know I, when I was even on my days off on the weekend and stuff, I'd still sleep till about noon every day. Yep, my body stayed on that schedule, so. I mean, it's almost like you live with a roommate at some point. So you gonna you got to try to figure stuff like that out or just don't get married. <laughs> or, or just don't get married or, or make sure that the person knows what they're, ooh, excuse me, what they're getting into. Yeah, because like I said, it's, it's not that because uh, a lot of times they got to, uh, the spouses have to deal with department issue stuff too. Uh, not saying, you know, because things that uh, I have seen, in the past where I saw a guy got called in and got in trouble for something 
that a girl that he was dating posted on online. Like I don't know if it was MySpace or Facebook. It was so long ago, but she post. She put a. He was joking around. He had some shorts on, which I mean, I think probably everybody thought he pulled the shorts up like they were. Uh, I don't know, French cut like Daisy Dukes, and was joking around. When like that was, she took a picture of it. She put it on her page. Nothing to do with him, it's, but, you know, he got called in over that, which had nothing to do. I mean, it was not his social media or nothing like that. He was on his own time. He really didn't, he, he didn't do nothing, but, yes, I mean, so basically once that you become a, a spouse, even dating somebody in law enforcement, I mean, it can. You're held to the same standards whether you like it or not. Oh, yeah, yes. So be advised of that also. It's not, it's not all fun and games. For, for the spouses either. No, because even going back to some of the other stuff we discussed, the spouse lives through it with the cop. For example, most cops can tell you the first suicide they ever worked, right? Mm-hmm. Or the first child death they worked, right? Oh, yeah. A spouse can tell you the same thing. I can tell you the first death he worked. I can tell you the first suicide he worked. I can tell you the first child death he worked because we deal with the repercussions of how it affects them when they come home at night. Well, what about, I don't know, what about your husband's sleep? Because I know I talk, did he, does he talk in his sleep? Is he tossed and turned no, after he snores. certain kind of calls or anything like that? He does get restless. He'll, he'll move around in his sleep. If it's a very disturbing call, he is very restless when he sleeps. I think it was today's Friday. I woke up, uh, it was Thursday. Uh, I usually get up, my alarm set for 4.30 in the morning. Well, Thursday, I, w- I was up at 3 o'clock in the morning because something, I, I, I can't, Call the whole dream, but I remember I was dreaming something about work. It might have been an old call or whatever. I don't know. It woke me wide awake and I was up. That happens. That's happened to me quite a few times. So uh, not as much now that I don't work active patrol because when I was like active uniform patrol and you were responding to some of these calls and stuff, they you you think they're not in your head until you fall asleep and they come right back to you. So well, I'm not gonna try to drag it out on her or nothing like that. It's just this was a, a a different one. Uh so I hope she was able to answer some questions or or just, you know, give some insight on how it is being married to a, a cop. It's not all fun and games. It's not like what you see on TV and all that stuff. And uh, cop wives can be some bitches, too, when you go on the functions <laughs> and stuff. You can ask my wife. Some, some certain functions, she's like, God. They can I'm, be very catty. Yes. Yeah, she's like, I'm about to deal with some cop wives. I don't want to go. <laughs> yes. Some of them can be very, especially if they're married to someone of a higher rank. You can run into some real serious I, I've no I've noticed, like, with something like that, it's like. Let's say they're married to a, a sergeant or a lieutenant or a captain. It keeps going blind. It's like they feel like you know, like, like they have a certain they, their status is a certain status in the wife pecking order or something like that. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> so, that, that's why I avoid as much functions as as many functions as possible. Yeah, it's like a it's like a wife status pecking order or something, and it's like. 
Okay. <laughs> so I got it. But it, it is a thing. It is a thing. It is very much a thing. Go, go hang out with, let's say, you work, somebody work for a police department. Uh, you go to a function and the chief is there and the chief's wife's there. Well, she feels like she is like the first lady. And very it, much it just so. goes, it goes down the line. And if you're not, you know, most like me, her husband, we're, we're, we're not, we're not even on the line. We're just kind of in the, Treading water on the side <laughs> over there, you know. You know, it's like if the Titanic sank, they weren't going to let us on the lifeboat. So, yeah, we're not important enough. No, no. So, but yeah, so that's a thing too. So it, it can be, like I said, it can. I don't think, you know, TV, movies, and all this other stuff uh, makes it out to be a whole lot more glorious being married to a first responder than not. They, they do. They make it out to be very glorious, and it's not. It's hard. It's a lot of long hours put in by you as the spouse dealing with everything. A lot of long hours feeling like a single parent a lot that's of like times. De- raising kids by yourself. Right, you, you, and that's a lot of what it feels like a lot of times because not only do you have the normal shift hours that can extend because, you know, that last call at 550 and you're supposed to get off at 6, you know that call is going to last till 9 o'clock at night. But also any of the call outs that occur. And that takes its toll on the kids as well. And so it's it's not portrayed correctly being married to a first responder. Oh, no. No, it's not. So it is definitely a – it's not a hard life. I mean, that, and that's for, especially like for firemen's wives. I mean, they go on 24s. So, and they don't even come home. Y'all hear Duke? He, now he's licking the <laughs> microphone, uh, giving me kisses. He's – in a rare mood tonight. Yeah, that was him again. I got dog. You shit on the floor, dude. Don't do not do that. I'm not mad at, mad at you. So we're going to uh, cut this one off. Uh, I hope y'all uh, enjoyed Mama Bear. Y'all have to uh, send something. Let me know how y'all like this episode. Uh, I'm trying to throw some other stuff in there. Trying to get some other information in. And uh, Let me know. Uh, Make sure you come back Wednesday for the live show. I don't know if there'll be any other in between there or not. You know how I am. But uh, like I said, come check the live show out. I think we're going to pretty much have a full house. And uh, remember to watch your back, watch your partners back into. Uh, give get... give your spouses a little grace. Yeah, if you're married to a first responder. You know, I was going to use my outro, but my computer is like turned off for some reason. Duke might have unplugged it. So we'll just use the other one. Uh, Remember to smile because the Iceman could always be behind you.